Social sheath. Socialist oh. sheath. Those dangerous paws. The one true fursona you can have is Gort the Uncancelable. Oh. No genitals, only whole. Dangerous paws would be a good name for an anthology. Yeah. And then you could do, like, because there's this term in writing, but you could do a pregnancy-themed one called Pregnant Paws. There you go. That stays in. <laughs> Welcome to South Paws, episode 523... We're still kicking, and we have our socialist sheaths out for Obama and Harambe <laughs> or something. I don't know. Hey, I'm Saverin. I'm Fudzwolf. And it has been like two weeks, or two weeks, two months since we've recorded God, last. I can't believe it's been that long. Because the last episode came out in the middle of August, and that was recorded like two weeks prior to that, because the last couple of months, I have been seeing my hair go gray in real time. Mm. Like, I think we've talked about it a little bit, about some of the shit going on, and, like, I've really not been putting it on Twitter, but, like, I had my dad in the hospital for a month. He nearly died. He didn't, though. He's out of the hospital. My sister visited for two weeks. That was a lot. And then we had a bunch of very important medical doctor's appointments he had to be to here in Dallas, and so he was very, very weak. He's getting better. So, like, I've had a million things going on. And had no juice to record a podcast or want to do really anything more than just vibe. Mm. Like, you and I have hung out some, Fuzz. Yeah. I don't think we've seen Shiva. No, we did see her once. We didn't record, but we hung out. Right, yeah. And I've come over and we've watched Lower Decks. Yep. But it hasn't, I have not been in any sort of headspace to record for really two months now. Um, The last episode we recorded with Runa was... That was when I was having to go to Fort Worth every fucking day because my dad was in like the can the oncology floor ICU basically, mm-hmm. and all this other shit. I guess it's been one month because that would have been early August. It's been a month and a half. Okay, well, well it's been a while. No, I just realized how late in September it was. I was like, oh no, you're yeah, yeah. I it's mean, closer to two months. Fuck, like uh, not this weekend, but next weekend is October. Yeah, starting. That's crazy you know i've already jumped the gun i got my spooky icon on twitter um <laughs> well all the halloween fans it's like september 1st spooky season is woo! here i mean it's not just halloween fans like starbucks rolls out the pumpkin spice yeah at the beginning of september i'm actually so. really sad that they have a pumpkin spice nitro cold brew but it can't be made non-dairy because oh. the pumpkin spice stuff is pre-mixed with dairy right so it's like i can get a pumpkin spice latte with oat milk or whatever but i can't get like the nitro cold brew or the cream Uh, cold brew it's like ah damn i thought you were going to mention the pumpkin spice oil change oh no um (laughs) the pumpkin spice everything though i've had to hold off i've already gotten and eaten an entire container of uh pumpkin spice oreos, oreos. <laughs> that's cool dude yeah i put this thing on that's personal fine. focus and i i'm just gonna put it on dnd speaking of dnd no <laughs> let's talk about the the three the space clowns of Spelljammer. Oh, wow, you just went way over my head. Sorry. No, and I'm not even making shit up. So. It went over my head, shot through the window, into the other room where they're actually playing a game, where yeah. they would get it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not actually D&D. Oh, okay. So, but I was telling the Fuzz earlier, because we actually, we met up at the local, at the hookah bar he goes to, and just kind of sat and smoked and chat for a while. Like, after all this time, I kind of feel like 
you know, the survivor at the end of a disaster movie. Right. Where, like, shit's been fucked for a while, but you're still alive and you can pick up the pieces. Like, I feel like after this last, what, two, three months, mm-hmm. shit's finally kind of settling out a little bit. You right. Know, knock on wood, which is great because the mic is sitting on the table I'm knocking on. Yeah. And this isn't really wood. It's like chipboard, whatever. But <laughs> it's just like, God, I feel like I can breathe a little bit. Mm. And that's a good feeling because I really have been struggling a lot the uh, past couple I months. I thought you were going to say that's a good feeling because I really need to be able to breathe. Yeah, oxygen's important too, but <laughs> like in terms of like emotional stability, yeah. I feel like I've kind of hit an equilibrium. Mm. Because like, you know, we've been seeing a lot of people who can't find that on Twitter and so like to feel that little bit of relief on my end is actually really nice. Yeah. You know, and like my dad's a good house guest. He just reads his books and walks around and pets the dog, you know, and, <laughs> and Adam like, has an additional person to give him affections. So oh yeah. Happy. He, uh, he'll <laughs> sometimes go and sleep at my dad's feet and mm-hmm. sometimes he'll come back in there like, if my dad wakes up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, Adam might wake up and go join him to get a drink of water from his little water fountain. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very much uh, enjoying having another person around that is affectionate towards him and will, you know, occasionally give him egg. Because, <laughs> you know, with my dad back from the hospital, he's been having to eat, you know, high protein, high fat. Yeah. To get some just body mass on him. And so he's been getting eggs and bacon and hamburgers and like yep. he's getting to eat high on the hog. And so Adam is very happy because <laughs> like this morning I cooked him up some eggs and bacon and Adam was like positioning himself sitting at my dad's feet, but staring at me as I was carrying the plate. Like, oh, that's mine, right? That's for me, right? <laughs> you know, you made some bacon and eggs for the little dog, not the old dog. <laughs> you know, because, you know, to him, I'm the big dog. Panther's the tall dog, and my dad's the, the old dog. That's how it works. Right. And he's yeah. the little dog. I like the idea that dogs just see everyone around them as different types of dogs. <laughs> yeah. We're distinct dogs, but we are just dogs. Yes. But yeah, like, the uh, there's been some interesting things happen lately. Like, you know, the queen died. Yeah. You know? And then, like, Kiwi's Farms also died. Yep. That was an undeniable good. Mm-hmm. Um, Splatoon 3 came out, and people got very upset about implied vor. <laughs> and I didn't fully understand what the drama was behind that, because I couldn't really make heads or tails of the drawing, because uh-huh. um, I'm not familiar with Splatoon. And when it's like, oh, it's, it's a dragon like implying to eat someone, and I'm just thinking of all the... The Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes cartoons that I watched growing up, not to mention various Disney movies where one character tries to get or gets eaten by another. Like, how many times has Jerry been in Tom's mouth in a close call? Yeah. You know? And just to say that a cartoon eating another cartoon is a sexual fetish that is not appropriate for children is... Is just so silly. I mean, it's been used as um, a humor trope in cartoons for 
ever. Yeah. yeah. For well, I guess I mean probably going on a hundred years, right? The Looney yeah. Tunes are like around in like the forties. I'm shit, I think. quite sure that there has been a character swallowed in cartoons that far back. Yeah. Like it's it's undeniable that it's just it's a common trope in fiction. And the weirder part too, that the artist drew the final boss of that mode that you have to throw food into its mouth to defeat. Right, so and it's actually it, on topic for the game. And it eats you if it gets you. Right. It tosses you in the air and eats you. So <laughs> that uh, that artist should, it's, it's should not apologize. I saw a tweet that said that they did. Four. It's like, yeah, it's it was on. It was it was literally fan art. Yeah, you know? I mean it's on topic for the the thing. And people are like, oh well, the the thing that made it Vorny was the fact that there was a little heart drawn by the end. You too. Like, <laughs> that that was the that was the oh, point where like it's just sake. on topic for the game. But oh, you made you drew a heart, therefore you made it softcore pornography. <sighs> I literally saw that take, and I was just like, man. <laughs> Fuck off. Wow. I, have I just to keep say, thinking of that TikToker, um, TikTok video is a woman in her car and she's just saying, Hey guys, great news. Guess what? We don't need any more hot takes. We've got enough. We we're done. We don't need any more. And I just I, I just continually think of it's all in her delivery and like she yeah. uses different camera angles and editing. It's very amusing. Um, but I just always think about that whenever I see any of these really ridiculous takes like that. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? We don't need this. It, it's, <laughs> it's so pointless. And it was some, like, 20K furry artist trying to get some fresh clout off someone much smaller than them. And then we find out there was that the furry fandom government fashy-ass roleplay account that people found because it was getting traction because they were, like, doing anti-zoo memes or whatever. And turns out it's like, oh, that person who did the fucking drama with the over the mouth and Splatoon is like one degree of separation from the people that did that, too. And it's like, oh, right. So, like, it's just this very small amount of bad faith actors that can cause so much stupidity on Twitter. See, And like, this is the level of stupidity that this has reached is that five or ten years ago, if someone was accused of being a zoophile, I knew what that meant. It's like, oh, they fucked their dog. They they fucked a horse. They they fucked an animal. Yeah. Right? But now when I see so and so is a zoophile, I'm like, well, how are you defining zoophile? Does their character have a sheath? Do is it because they're in teeth? the paws? Do they have animal teeth in their animal head? But do, do they find that new CGI fox in the Pinocchio movie attractive? Because I remember someone put a fan cam uh-huh. video of that fox out, and someone was like, oh, gross, it's literally just an animal head because it's photorealistic CGI yeah. fox. It's and Honest it, John from Pinocchio. Yeah, it's Honest John from he's, Pinocchio. He's, like, it is, he's it's wearing sort a of coat. Like, yeah, it is he's sort a of fox like, man. Yeah, yeah. He's doing things that foxes don't do, like walk around on their hind legs and wear clothing. And yeah, so so now it's like when you see someone like, oh, we're very anti-zoo. I'm like, what does that? Mean? I also disapprove of dog fucking. What's your definition of zoophilia? Because it's anyone whose fursona has a knotted cock. Well, it's like, well, then you're calling me a zoo. So fuck you. <laughs> and it's <laughs> you know? not like the transitive property of like, oh, well, if you, you know, it's not the like if there's 
one Nazi at the table and 10 other people, there's 11 Nazis. Mm. Like, you know, if that transitive property applied to zoos, well, I guess we're all in trouble because we've all attended furry cons. Right, yeah. I saw another tweet the other day, not even non-knotted cocks, sheath. If your character has a sheath, if you if you yeah. get turned on by sheaths on furry characters, that and makes you zoo adjacent, I guess. So, <laughs> my solution to that is practically every time it comes up, I block the instigator of that little bit of drama and everybody that agrees with them. Yeah. And anybody, th- like, being violent in the comments. Like, that most recent one was like, deny zoos a social space. Well, one, you really can't do that on the internet. And two, I'm sure they have their own Telegram groups. You can't stop them from doing that. And three, the people saying we should feed them into a wood chipper feet first or I am going to leave a bite bomb in their closet or I'm going to do all this violence. I'm like... How do you see yourself as a good guy? Like, normal people don't do that. That's literally what the fascists are saying <laughs> when it comes to, like, anybody that's not a straight cis white male. This is the same as when a random black person gets gunned down by the cops and people roll out the excuses like, oh, they wrote a bad check. Oh, they were resisting arrest. Oh, they ran away from the cops. And it's like, you know what? None of those crimes have a punishment of the death penalty. Yeah. And, and it so, was just... like, if someone actually was a for-real fucking animal zoophile, feeding them feet first into a wood chipper is not the solution. Like, fucking therapy is the solution. Well, it doesn't even matter, because, like, the fact that these people's minds go there so quickly, it's distressing. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, this... We could go onto a long-ass dissertation about the origin of kinks, because I've done, I've read the books. Um, but it's like... You've done your own research. I, I literally have read several books on the topic, yes. Yeah. Because sex, sexuality and gender and and kinks and fetishes are, are actually really fascinating. Yeah. They're, they're so... Like, wrapped up in our psyche and, and our everything. early development in life. Like, yeah. I found another copy of uh, Perv. The, it's still on my shelf. The book that I loaned you, and I bought it. Oh. <laughs> because I was like, well, I might not get this back from Fuzz in a while, but I might loan it to somebody else because this is a really interesting book. Mm-hmm. Shit, I can't remember the author's name. But, anyways, I retweeted is about it. Jesse something? Jesse Baring, yes. J E S S E B E R I N G. The book came out a decade ago at this point, but it's no less useful, though the citations that list URLs might be out of date. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's a 235 page book with like footnotes and appendices and stuff. Yeah. And it talks about like development of shit like that. And like how podophilia foot fetish, it's the most common one Mm -hmm. because like in terms of our brain structure, it's the closest to our like sexual development section of our brain. So like the wires can get, you know, the wires touch and suddenly. Wait, so the part of our brain that controls our feet is close to the well, section of our heart? Yeah, or? like it's okay. it's elements that like you know the way the brain is arrayed, mm-hmm. like they've kind of mapped it out a bit. It's like here's where the sex the sex part is, and here's where some other parts that govern other areas are, mm-hmm. and sometimes they kind of bump up against each other, and that can cause the wires to be like, "Fuck me, I love some feet," or. Ooh, you know, and it's not always that. It's not always a genetic thing. It could be, like, an experience in youth. Like, mm-hmm. I have said, you know, I, for me, you know, see-through lingerie, bada-bing. That's probably because, you know, as a young teenager, I got my hands on some lingerie catalogs that had exactly that, and they did not airbrush the pussies or dicks. Right. 
And so, yeah, I can point to that thing. But that doesn't matter because none of that shit revolves around, like, people on the internet wanting to murder me with a wood chipper or posting the memes of the Soviets saying, very compelling, now face the wall. What I'm trying to say is, don't do that shit. You are not a good person for saying that kind of shit, even against the most loathsome people. You're only lowering yourself to their level. And on the internet, you're just an edgy little shithead who's reportable and not at all breedable because you're probably a minor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of followers of that accounts were minors, and I just started blocking all the minors, basically, because I'm like, like, like even on the For Planet account, even though we sell some G-rated and PG-rated stuff, and we sell some YA titles, like, we post and promote our adult material as well, so, like, I really don't think a 14-year-old should be following yeah. that account. And, like, I don't think i have any minor followers at this point but also i post i boomer post i don't post right. anything adult on my main account i also i mean like my personal account has like 3500 followers and my for planet account has four or five thousand I, I don't remember exactly where it is and i'm like i haven't gone through every single one looking for people's ages and their fucking bio busy to do that you know honestly so yeah some are gonna slip through but like when i see like a fucking shitty problematic account like that and they have a bunch of minor followers i'm like i'm gonna nip this in a bud yeah well like i was actually kind of tempted to uh throw that one post of theirs into the old megablock.xyz yeah and i'm like but that's probably gonna catch other people that would be in my circle even if they don't follow that would just end up with a lot of like this is from an account you blocked showing up in replies to posts. And I'm like, hmm, this might be too much of a shotgun approach. It is always kind of amusing when you see somebody, like you had this happen the other day where you replied to someone and um, they got like two or three replies. They're like, what does it say? I'm blocked. And it's like, never mind. It doesn't matter. You don't have to announce that. It doesn't matter. Number two, bitch, just... Go on to Twitter incognito mode. You could, unless you're blocked by a private locked account, you could see what the person said, and it wasn't anything fucking controversial. Yeah, it was just like, you know, it doesn't matter why I blocked you. I thought you posted something shitty. You attacked somebody I liked more than that than you. It it is amusing when you see people want to be like, haha, they blocked me, I win, or. You know, it's some sort of badge of honor, and it's like I have more than half a million accounts blocked on Twitter. Yeah, it, you it, are not. It, it's special. more like I saw your take. I thought it was really bad, and I and I took like a second out of my life to hit the block button on yeah. Twitter. It wasn't you making a big impact. You're not too edgy for me. You're not showing me hard truths that make me rethink my fucking life or anything like that you annoyed me in a very minor way and i was like oh, i don't need to see that person sweet anymore yeah and a lot of times it's like you know these fucking 40 follower accounts that are first name bunch of numbers or they're an anime icon it doesn't matter <laughs> i said that one tweet is such a classic it's like hi my name is first name bunch of numbers and i have some incredibly shitty opinions yeah and so it happens every fucking time whenever i uh reply to something or it gets quote tweeted and it's i'm like i don't engage in controversial shit i just don't have the the stones or spoons for that because i don't call the first 200 episodes of this podcast 
Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why they're not around anymore. Exactly. <laughs> um, but like the, I, I am thirty or forty years old, and I don't need this. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. my reply that got quote tweeted was literally me screen capping someone calling the the fish drawing of Splatoon softcore porn, <laughs> and someone who follows me quote tweeted it, and one of their followers was somebody I'd blocked. Why? I don't fucking remember. All I know is that at one point you annoyed me and I blocked you because I have an add-on that just puts a little no symbol under your name and I click it and you go away. One click block. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if someone blocks me, I just make it mutual. It's not that big a deal. Like, it's, I don't fucking care, man. I've been super tempted lately to just delete my main Twitter account Mm. because I got so much shit on my plate these last few months. And I'm almost tempted to be like, when I get my shit together and get these audiobooks rolling again, I don't want Kyle to tag my account. I want him to just put my, you know, hey, it's new book in the, you know, here's titles that Savern finished. No link to socials. Don't mm-hmm. need it. Don't want it. Yeah. You know? Where it's like, I I want... It's literally do not perceive me kind of thing, mm-hmm. specifically because I just block so freely. Inevitably, there's going to be like, oh, I was going to buy this book, but they have me blocked, so I won't. And I, that would guarantee that that's going to happen. Mm. So, like, when the time comes, I'm going to be like, hey, don't tag me. <laughs> there was one fucking guy. I don't remember who it was. I try to remember it was. Someone that you'd gotten into an argument with, like, years and years ago, and, like, I guess you implied that they were just old and out of touch or something like that. So, like, the audiobooks came up in a discussion on one of the furry writing groups at one point, and this guy was like, oh, the narrator of that said I was old and blocked me or something like that. And I was like, oh, you're you're still thinking about this. Like, this was, like, five years ago. And I'm just like, who? Yeah. Like, and I've had those people that are like, oh, they blocked me, and I unblock them, then they, like, block me. Because they're like, oh, I want to talk. It's like, why did you block me? And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm going to block you if you want. Like, okay. And I do so, and then they block me to get, I guess, the final word. I don't know. Did it make you feel better? Did your pee-pee get hard? I don't <laughs> care. I just make it mutual, and I forget about you. That's that's a weird, like, flex, It's a weird power play, but, like, I'm not playing your game. Yeah. So who fucking cares? It's funny. Like, Twitter is a game and we're all losing. So try to have a good time while you can and don't get into petty bullshit. Yeah. Um, this is why I was, uh, um, sorry to repeat this for Savern because I was telling them this story earlier tonight, but so when um, I have a book Twitter account and like sometimes book Twitter will become all chatty about someone will become the main character of the day on book Twitter. Yeah. But I don't know most of the people on book Twitter personally. I haven't talked to them a whole lot. They're not close friends. I haven't hung out with them at cons and stuff like that with like very few exceptions. So when some um, author that I'm not even following becomes the, the main character, it doesn't affect me at all. Like when it's furry drama, like when I'm seeing like, friends getting into arguments or, or being dragged or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or seeing people on mutuals with get into a fight, and I'm like, oh, fuck, don't... I gotta ignore yeah, You just want to kind of slap both of them? Uh, you know? It's like, no, no, no infighting! Outfighting! 
outfighter. <laughs> Punch somebody else, not each other, please. Like, I- I've seen some situations on furry Twitter where, like, somebody makes a call-out post. So, like, this person did this, and then you see, you're like, yeah, that was pretty shitty. And then you see how the person doing the call-out and their followers are reacting. And I'm like, well, I just think you're both assholes. And I yeah. just blocked them both, you know? <laughs> you want me to tell you tell the story of... Is Joanne Huff and her? Yeah, sure. You know, okay. I mean, so it's it's drama that's not ours. Yeah. So the the main character on book Twitter today, book Twitter today was Joanne Huff. She's a um, author down in Austin who is alleged to be a turf. So I blocked her anyway um, because there's some evidence of that. Uh, but she had posted like a four or five tweet thread about how. Throwing a ball, like playing fetch with your dog is animal abuse, actually. Because to the dog, it's like a drug addiction. It's, it's irresistible. And they'll keep, they'll keep running back and forth for it long past the part when they're, they're mentally exhausted and you're just being, you're just cruelly continuing to throw the ball while they, exhaust themselves and collapse from just exhaustion and and this is such a cruel thing to do <laughs> and and your first question was has she ever had a dog <laughs> yeah like that's the funniest thing i've heard because like if you have a high energy breed like a husky or any sort of hunting dog they need to chase shit it, mm. Otherwise, they go insane. So, like, they need to have that kind of enrichment in their life. And even a lazy little potato like Adam <laughs> wants me to th- wants you to throw his rawhide or throw oh, his robe or so throw his ring. Adam has expanded to actually having multiple toys now. Yes. Now that he, you know, <laughs> cost me $2,500 to have emergency <laughs> surgery to remove a giant hairball that also included a bunch of rope from his rope toy and I had to take it away. I think I talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he has now discovered he has had these two other toys that have just been sitting. And he's like, oh, shit, I can play with these now, too. Okay. And so he'll bring us his ring to throw. Or he'll bring us his rope to play tug with. Or he'll bring his rawhide. Well, he actually initiates yeah. when he wants to play catch or He brings it to your or... feet and throws it at you. He literally will, like, <laughs> toss it or he'll, like, fling it. Like, he'll toss <laughs> up or he'll just fling it at your feet. Like, play <laughs> and he wants you to pick up the rawhide and throw it across the apartment and he runs off and he comes back until he's bored and then he goes and lays down on the couch or goes to his nest or goes to the bed or goes to any spot he wants to lay down at right um, you know like clearly your dog good. has agency in yeah. this relationship he, he has agency in getting to choose where he wants to walk when he wants to eat i let him choose his fucking food man <laughs> i get the variety pack of the little dog chunks uh-huh. and i pick up and i hold the two and he picks one and that's what he gets to eat that day i think you posted a video yeah. of that once. and yeah. he just it's he really picks cute. one it's very cute and that that's he like looks at it and he'll sniff them and he'll choose the one he wants he has there's a hierarchy of dog food that he likes <laughs> he will eat them all eventually but there is he much prefers the beef stew flavor than over the chicken flavor right but anyways like this person doesn't have a dog, I guess, because when Adam's done, he goes and lays down. Or he, like, I mean, hell, Adam will ask when he wants to go sit on the patio. He'll, yeah. he'll come up, he'll paw at you, whine to get you to follow him. Then he runs to the patio door, 
scratches at it, and looks at you like, hey, want to go outside? Yeah. And when he's done, he stands at the door and gives a little one bark. Just bark. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, back inside. Comes inside. Drinks some water. Goes lay down. Whatever. So it's like, that's such a weird nonsense take (laughs) from a person that, do you have a dog? Yeah. Like, are you just a cat person who wants to cause, like, strife among dog Twitter today? (laughs) And it was... Such a thing that the Midnight Society Twitter account wrote a whole thread about it that had yeah. Dean Koontz, Mary Shelley, and Edgar Allan Poe showed up. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a lot more fun no- drama to watch because yeah. I'm like I don't have any emotional attached to the the players. Like involved. it's always fun when it's somebody else's house that's fighting. It's the whole, like, oh, if it's furry drama, that can be annoying because, ah, oh, this is, is this affecting yeah. people I know? Especially when it's, like, convention drama. And it's, like, sometimes a convention can do... No right. Well, sometimes they can do no right. But, like, sometimes conventions will literally make mistakes and mishandle something and and have to go back and rectify that. And that's valid. But during that process, you see all these terrible wrong and uninformed takes yeah where as a former convention organizer it it just is just blah to me you know like you know my favorite ones are the ones that are like all the con cares about is money and it's like majority of the cons are all non-profits you know 501 c3 c4 c7 and most like yeah they're allowed to make a profit but the individual members are not taking any money from the con nobody's actually profiting off of it and it's like the only things they care about is the weekend going off with as few issues as possible and being able to the only money that cons really care about is being able to pay the bills at the end of the day being able to pay the hotel being able to pay Fiesta's up to, what, three storage units now or something? Two or three? Or did they move into one big one? I think we're in three. Yeah, like, so, like, this is a, what I'd say is a mid-sized con nowadays, because AC and MFF are at five-figure levels. Yeah. Um, We're the fourth largest furry con. Yeah, so, like... Fourth or fifth. You know, we're in three fair-sized storage units that the con has to pay for monthly. It's an ongoing expense, Mm -hmm. so it's like... The website and there's and you know domain registrations stuff like that Making being up sure. to date with all that shit uh, registered agent fees. Yep, there's a lot of Just ongoing found a corp here a little bit ago. Yeah, um, the annual ASCAP and BMI agreements yep. for a, song licensing and that keeps going up because we keep having more people will show up. You know, yeah, because it's like, a per attendee like thirty five cents per attendee or something it, like that. And this is why. 2020 and 2021 were so hard on cons because sure they didn't have to pay a hotel that year and rent stage equipment and, and whatever and, and print a shitload of badges and con books and stuff like that but there are those fixed costs that are going to occur whether the convention actually happens that year or not yeah. and in those years the convention has no income and all that outlay doesn't uh-huh. go away. And, like, even when we did the virtual con for, uh, in 2021, like, we were raising money for care because 
like everything else, they have fixed costs. Their fixed costs meow and roar. Right. And uh, those need to be fed more than like, oh, well, we're going to bleed a little bit because of a storage unit. Right. And yeah. again, Fiesta is very well off. We are fine. Uh, the convention doesn't run for 15 years without building a nest egg. Um, but like, yeah, the, the cons... You know, we're no one's getting make it. No one's getting rich making doing cons, right? Yeah, at least not the staffers. You know, does anybody do you even know how much a board member makes on, <laughs> on creature art? Yes, negative, negative monies. Yeah, um, and I think we, we've ranted about this before, oh, yeah. so you know, apologies for that. But it's just just takes like that, you know. Oh, you know, they don't actually. Nobody on the staff actually cares about the attendees. And why are they working for free oh, dog, all year long been, to throw a one weekend long event? I have been scouring the net um, because Street Fighter Six is coming out next year, mm-hmm. but they haven't given us a release date yet. So you don't know if you'll have it. So it's before like, con. is it going to come out the week after Fiesta? Is it going to come out in June? When's it coming out? That's like I'm having to care about like, do I need to purchase like six copies of Street Fighter Six? For PlayStation Four, when it comes out, mm-hmm. if it, if it comes out literally the day before the con, I'm going to have to do that and stay up overnight <laughs> downloading it, and I will do that and if installing I have to. it on multiple yeah, machines. Like that will be something that I have to do. But like that and yeah. Tekken Eight are coming out on PS5, on PS4, PS5, and so it's like. Yeah, you know, people are like, oh, do people really care? It's like, yes, I have been watching a shitload of TGS stuff about Street Fighter Six, and I'm very excited. It looks very cool, but also, when's the release date? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we we need to have uh, fucking more more Bridgets. Yes. So I know. So what I'm saying is, like, I know that cons and staff and the person running the social media aren't all perfect. They don't all make the right decision 100% of the time. So, you know, some constructive feedback is helpful and a valid thing, but seeing just the really out there tweets that vastly outnumber the, the, the responses that could have any usefulness whatsoever. Oh, yeah. It's like the one I saw about, you know, there, there are some criticisms you could make about um, MFF's hotel system. But at the same time, I saw some random person being like, oh, you never have hotel rooms. Get your shit together. And it's sort of like, that doesn't add anything to the conversation. And what do you want them to do? Force Rosemont, Illinois to build like six more hotels? Yes. Like, yeah, I I guess so. Like the the con will just bankroll like another fucking tower full of hotel rooms or something. It's... Oh dear, what did you see? Oh, so just I was looking because I was trying to find a, a similar an example tweet from a couple days ago, and I can't seem to find it. But uh-huh. someone was like, "Even more vile, disgusting fetish art spotted in Splatsville," and that's the oh yeah, I didn't know what that was. Okay, so for those listening, because this is a podcast and not a video podcast, I can show you this. It is somebody with an image of a little fish man in a store buying Wonder Bread for $500. There's this dude who's been commissioning art on DeviantArt for a very, very long time of big-titted bimbo women purchasing incredibly expensive bread in a ravaged apocalypse. 
This person <laughs> cannot get off, I suppose, until they see a white woman spending $500 on a loaf of bread. <laughs> and it's been a meme for a really long time. Okay, I didn't know that. That's it's one funny. of those like weird deep internet lore things that like mm-hmm. if you see it out of context it makes no sense. Like why is there a fish buying expensive bread? Right. But if you know this one stupid fact that is take, you know, the fact that that's in my skull and not like, you know, quadratic equations, that's on <laughs> me, honestly. But like the th- this bit of knowledge has displaced some sort of useful knowledge, right? Yeah, but I can be like, haha, that fish is buying expensive bread, and this is some like multi-layered meme bullshit. But that that's someone's kink right there is commissioning art of that, and they get off on that somehow. Cool, but that's kink art. Whereas like <laughs> a monster drawing a monster from the video game saying grub goes in here and so do you mm. i mean that could also technically be kink art but it's also just a game mechanic yeah you know and it, it's just silly because like this kind of discourse it's disappointing if it's in your own fandom that's the thing it can be disappointing because you see people you think you have to be incredibly stupid to react like this yeah and you lose respect for them or it's mm. just like they they go completely off the ball off their off their rocker going like this is pornography and they're showing children they need to get banned from Nintendo online. Uh oh, Alex Jones just joined the call again. Let me tell you, the uh, Splatsville Vords and it was an inside job. I know that one of the people involved with a furry fandom government, they've set themselves up to try to be the one world furry government. They were involved with the Vor operation. And you know what? It call was coming from inside the house. Those were all crisis inklings. And I gotta tell you that me, Alex Jones, I would splat that kid because I'm a squid. <laughs> what if I splatted you and you splatted me and we were both boy inklings? Wouldn't that be hot? Wait, we, no. And we rubbed our tentacles together. Oh, <laughs> tentacle time. Um, oh, that's hard on the voice. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I threw my throat out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't use that voice. <laughs> you record the next Devin Lee book and suddenly Lee sounds like that for some reason because he took up smoking between books <laughs> five and six. He said, like, damn, I really want to suck your cock right now. And and, and, and and Dev's just like Lee, do, do you, you smoke cigarettes or just eat them? <laughs> Get over here, Tiger Daddy, and spread my end zone wide open. <laughs> oh, see, we're feeling better. We're having a good time tonight. Um, but yeah, like so when it's somebody else having their Twitter moment, that's fun. Yeah. Like, when it's politicians you hate having a bad time, that's extremely fun. Especially when their, like, incoherency just blows up in their face. Like, this whole shit with Mar-a-Lago and uh, classified documents and shit has been wildly entertaining because it's just so, like, Because fuck that guy. Because fuck that guy, yeah. And fuck his family. And, like, fuck him from, like, four different angles. Like, you got Georgia on his ass. You got New York on his ass. You got the... DOJ on his ass. Mm-hmm. Who fucking knows what else, right? Yeah. You got all this. There's like 
compromised. Like then you got Michael and Dells getting investigated. Sydney Powell didn't show up for a grand jury thing. She was supposed to show up. That that's generally frowned upon when you have a subpoena and you don't show up. Mm. You know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just some asshole on the internet. But that seems like a bad idea to me. And then you have like this corrupt judge getting told what the fuck is wrong with you by the 11th circuit and then going okay and deleting those things from her order which means that it can't be appealed necessarily because it's no longer in the order so it doesn't technically exist in the eyes of the law anymore Mm -hmm. and so like you know that's entertaining to a degree when it's drama in like gamer circles that can be entertaining but when it's like inside the house that's when it's annoying yeah like the vor thing and the social you know zoophilic teeth or zoophilic sheaths or the the splatsville or the furry government shit like that's inside the house and it's just annoying but like yeah weird book take (laughs) or like this woman who went to you know the noodle incident where the the white woman who spent six spent like a year learning at a Chinese noodle school oh, to write about noodles and dumplings. I I heard I remember. that was like years ago at this point. Yeah, it was like only one or two years ago, I think. But yes, and it was like I remember book Twitter blowing up with uh, discussion about that too. And I don't know enough about it to really have an opinion. Like, but yeah, this cracker lady wrote a book on noodles, but she also learned directly from like the Chinese noodle people at their Chinese noodle school. That's apparently very prestigious. So I think she has a right to talk about it. Not like there's not a bunch of noodle books and dumplings are in every culture, but you know, whatever. But that's entertaining because you're not directly involved. That's like, oh, the the crackers are fighting. Right. White people are having a slap fight on Twitter. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it doesn't affect you. It's just entertainment at that point. So, you know, I'm sure furry drama is entertaining to other people who are not on our scene sure seeing you know weebs getting mad about like some anime yeah i fucking cares right yeah like there was this character in the new cyberpunk anime that was like he has like a flat chest and they're like oh she's a lowly and the the authors were like no, she's a grown-ass adult. No! She's just small. Yeah. Um, she's also in, like, a fucking robot body, so, you know, who the fuck knows? She can yeah, be a like, 45-year-old dude in there, because, you know, it's brain. Right, she's not fully, they call it going fully Borg, which I find amusing, is when you're just a brain and your entire body is cybernetic. I don't uh-huh. think she's at that point. I, um, I don't know. I don't really care, but, but it's just one of uh, But those... I did watch the anime. Oh, uh, you did? I did, yeah. It's on Netflix. Um, it's called... Uh, Cyberpunk C- Edge Runners. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, yeah. Um, it was actually really good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I mean, Studio Trigger makes some fucking great That's stuff. That's partially why I watched it. I was like, oh, Studio Trigger made this. Well, it, the trailer looks kind of interesting. Like, I'll check I it out. I can't think of one of their main series they've done, which is not great. Yeah. Little Witch Academia fucking ruled... Uh, uh, Kill a Kill was kind of iffy. See, I know them from BNA. Yeah, BNA which I definitely. Really enjoyed a lot. You, know, you got you your first anime waifu, who's technically a furry waifu, but that's cool too. <laughs> um, and like this Cyberpunk Edge Runners are like apparently pretty damn cool. I've seen a lot of people say positive things on it. I've seen people draw art of the characters, specifically mm-hmm. that one character with her weird skin tone and a big butt. Mm. I, I don't wasn't Rebecca. Oh, uh, shit, Rebecca, again, I know, 
The one that people were saying is a lowly. Okay, yeah, the little one, yeah, because they don't call her Rebecca, they call her Bex or Beck, I okay. think. I, I don't I, remember. I just... Right, yeah. I've seen her refer to I guess to she does as, have a, a odd skin, a like sort of pinkish. Yeah, as Rebecca Cyberpunk. <laughs> which and is, there's, like, the, the female elite who has this, like, really cool colored hair. Yeah. But that's not calling, like, Simon or Nala Lion King, you know, Sam yeah. Undertale. Bridget Guilty Gear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which actually hey 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 you you found me a link to that because yeah. they actually the japanese devs were like no yes that was awesome. she is trans yeah bridget is trans i daisuke ishwatari the god of guilty gear the person who coded the original game basically by myself and designed every character and has the final say on every bit of lore in this series has mm. said this character bridget guilty gear is trans also, her, her surname is Legally Guilty Gear. Yes. <laughs> Daisuke could do that if he wants to. I mean, the main character is named Soul Bad Guy. What? Really? Yeah, and he's <laughs> not a bad guy. He's actually a good guy. Oh, man. Wow. That's like, I'm not... Bl- uh, what is it? I'm not... I'm not black like Barry White is. I am white like Frank Black is. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, that that was that was pretty funny too because like you had all these fucking little Nazi weaves being like, no, she she's actually a ta- a femboy and all this other shit, and they literally had to like word Do of you God, know how many people I know who were femboys and are now trans women. Yeah, like it's it's not a hundred percent all femboys, but there is a pipeline, and it's not retconning someone's past it's life it's yeah it's it's character development and it's the fact that you change and figure your shit out as you grow older and bridget thought she was one thing realized she wasn't and they even put into dialogue that she was like in self-denial about it for many years and then finally felt that she had was at the point where she could say i'm a girl yeah. It's like it it's just a fucking it's just how fucking stories work, man. Like Well, I mean, you look at and this is probably flying over everybody's head. So Guilty Gear is an extremely anime fighting game series that is heavily based upon the creator, Daisuke Ishwitari's love of heavy metal bullshit. And so you have all these character designs, which are and like names based on bands, and their moves are named after songs and all this other shit. The dude loves his stuff, and he's apparently a very genuine individual. And like, so over time, his characters have had it's been one long story through all of Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear X, Guilty Gear X Two, Guilty Gear uh, Strive, uh, That's a new one, Xard, and then Strive, uh-huh. and then there's been side stories and all this other shit, right? Right, and like. You know, other characters, um, Testament, who is, like, this... That's the big dude with the big gun things that was talking to... No, Bridget, that's right? that's no. Gold Lewis Dickinson. Okay. The, All right. He's, but he, he's a new character. Oh, okay. Who was a background character in Exard, who is now a playable character, mm. and directly helps Bridget come out, which is nice. And then Kai Kaisuke, who's, like, president of the world, also is, like, supporting her. So, like... It doesn't matter if other people don't care. The president and the this other dude are like the Secretary of Defense and the president say he's fu- she's fine. So you know whatever. Um, 
But, like, the other thing, too, is that all the people being l- lusty towards Bridget, well, she's only been not a minor in this game. So <laughs> that's important to know, too. Because, like, the whole thing uh, with, with okay. her is, like, the backstory was, like, oh, they lived in this village. And, and where, twin boys were a You know, a twins bad... were a sign of apocalypse, and so they uh. would kill or exile the kid. But they were, like, oh, actually, what if we raise her as a girl? And they and she was, and then she was like, "But I'm actually a boy, so I'm gonna go out and be manly and prove this town wrong." So she showed her like an Ash Ketchum that like went out of the world at like ten or twelve years. Yeah, old and or was something. like, "I'm gonna go bring in money and be like, I'm gonna be manly and show my manliness," and did that and broke the curse of the t- town. And they're like, oh, "Okay, this is fine." And then it was like, "Haha, I am a man. This kind of sucks. Mm. I'm trying really hard to be a man and." This isn't working for me, huh? Yeah. And then Guilty Gear Strive's story happens, and she comes out as trans. Okay, there we go. It's called character development, baby. What else do you got? You can't have, like... Do you want Luke from uh, Episode 7 still being horny for Leia? (laughs) Like, characters evolve over time, dude. Yeah. Like... Luke is not horny for Leia for very important reasons from episode six in episode seven or eight. He's not like pining for Leia on his fucking little exile world where he's sucking the milk from the the blue milk from the titty because, you know, character development. You know, why is blah? Because stories evolve. Characters grow. What you don't what you don't know unless you've read the expanded version of the novelization of that though, is that that sea creature he named Leia. Oh, that was his girlfriend. Yeah, and sucking the blue milk straight from the teat. Okay, well, the fact that the the Japanese devs had to be like address this distinctly American bullshit. Right. Um, it's like no, no, Bridget Guilty Gear is trans. Deal with it, nerds. And I'm just so. <sighs> and you still had people trying to say that oh, the woke SJW left has made him bend the knee, and it's like. <coughs> Alex Jones tried to get out there. <coughs> oh, fuck. You know, it's literally his characters in his game and his company. He can do that. That'd be like saying that Stan Lee didn't have any sort of say over Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. They're like, what would Stan Lee think about Miles Morales? I think Stan Lee thought he was pretty cool. You know? So, uh, I saw... I think it was Ellen at Radio posted or tweeted something like this. Where, like, somebody had this take about the over-sexualization nowadays. Because it's always nowadays, right? Oh, of it was course. never like this before in Marvel Comics. And what would Stan Lee think? And <laughs> Ellen posted, she's like, oh, this Stan Lee? And it's a, a picture of Stan Lee. He's it's laying on Vampirella. a couch. Vampirella. Stripperella. Stripperella. So she's like, Stan Lee, the guy that created Stripperella, would have a problem with sexualization comments. And she posts this picture of him. And, like, it's clearly from, like, the 70s or something. He was wearing, like, those big old man sunglasses and, like, a huge gold necklace. And is like, shirtless posing on a sofa. It's it's this very cheesecake photograph of Stan Lee. But, like, yeah, no, Stan Lee did not have a problem with putting sexualization into comic books. It's, it was just another really I asinine mean, take. Part of the reason that we had the Hayes Code was the comics were too horny in the 1940s. Right. Like, that's 
kind of the point. They were they were degenerate art, and they were bringing society down. They were telling kids that knives were cool and that tits were gay. But tits aren't gay. I love all the stories about Jack Kirby to about how like because they they were both. <coughs> In World War Two, like they they both fucking literally fought Nazis together, and like so fucking right wing neo Nazi chud chuds like came to the fucking Marvel offices one day and they're like like we're talking shit you. about we're gonna fight you and stuff like that and like three Marvel staffers had to stop Jack Kirby when he got up from his desk and started rolling his sleeves up. He's like, all right, I'll be right down. The thing about Stanley and Jack Kirby is they were Jewish yeah. as well. So they were Jewish and they fought in World War II. And it's sort of, so it's sort of like an extremely fucking personal thing when neo-Nazis yeah. show up at the doorstep of where they work. And it's like, he's like, all right, I'll be right down. And it's like, it's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like also people getting fucking weird over like a Spider Verse comic. Um, there's a character named Sun Spider, mm-hmm. and she uses mobility aids to get around in okay. her day to day life. She has the little uh, like the arm crutches thing. Oh yeah, she, she's a mobile disabled person. Mm-hmm. She I, I forget what it's called, but she has a particular thing that it makes it hard for her to walk long distances. So she uses these canes, yeah. but she gains spider powers. Mm-hmm. They don't fix her necessarily, but she incorporates her mobility aids into her spider, her web slinging. Oh, yeah. So, like, she can, okay. she shoots the webs from her, her mobility aids. And she has, like, a, maybe a walker that she folds up and puts on her back when she's doing spider, spider woman stuff. And, and people have a problem yeah, with this. Because mm. they're like, of course, oh, you're dis- you're pandering to the disabled. You know, why would a disabled person want to be a Spider-Man? Yeah, well, you know, the disabled people have had it easy for too long, and we really need to stop all this pandering to yeah, them. Yeah, you know, they really need... What the need, fuck? Yeah. And, but, you know, that's just, I would say gamers. It's comics. Comics nerds. Yeah, that's the comic... Com- comics comic churds. Kind of Com- comic churds. Comic churds. So cheese curds and comics and... Ugh, comic curds? Like, I mean, you get some of that old paper together, and it kind of can clog if you, like, dip it in water, because that really <laughs> shitty newsprint. Right. That's not designed to last forever. This is why the comics from, like, the 30s are worth so much, is, like, it's partially because it's, like, sure, it's the first appearance of Superman ever, but also, like, how many of those of Action Comics number one actually fucking is is physically viable at this point you like, just blow on it and it just turns into flakes and becomes dust <laughs> you know it's like the disintegration ray from the old looney tunes comics where they pull the trigger and it just disintegrates. Oh, a little, little pile of ash you know? um <laughs> yeah like just people are people uh, are silly so <laughs> on the topic of comic characters that are um most likely going to piss off assholes there is a uh, trans mutant superhero who's uh-huh. just debuted. So a couple months ago, Marvel did um, Marvel Pride 2022. And I believe they've done this kind of collection since like 2019 or something like that, where they have like five or six, it's an anthology. Uh-huh. So they have like five or six different creators um, doing like short comics. And um, it's uh, this uh, trans girl and her um I guess they're in a relationship because they do seem to care about each other. So I'll say like their non-binary partner. Um, but, but she has mutant powers and 
So she was in this this one-shot Pride issue for this year, but she's going to be in a three-issue arc of New Mutants um, written by a trans author, a trans science fiction author named Charlie Jane Anders. And so she's getting to write uh, for this comic that she had actually read, you know, for years. And, like, so that's going to be really cool, and, like, the, the character looks really neat. And, like, I'm... Really looking forward to seeing her show up in New Mutants because that's a comic that I read because you know my my Scottish werewolf is in it so I gotta yeah, read that. Nice. But yeah, like they may have some scenes together. Also, that comic has been subtly queering her. Like now, she and the character that she should have had a relationship with thirty years ago, they're finally starting to kind of hint at. Nice. This is a character that the characters they also made gay in the film. Oh. Of New Mutants, okay. so it's it's trickling. Good. It, I enjoyed it. A lot of people didn't, but you know, I generally enjoy the X movies. So you know, take it or leave it. It's I mean, a, look, I, I'm not gonna say I'm some arbiter of taste. So whatever. yeah, and it's like it's kind of a different feel for an X movie, and you can tell that they were probably going to do more with those characters in that cast, but then. Fox got bought by Disney. Yeah. And this was actually not released until after the merger. Like, the first COVID slowed the release, and then the merger, like, fucked up the release schedule. And then they finally put it out, and it was kind of a whimper, not a bang, because yeah. it sort of had a theatrical release, but because it was in, like, COVID time, like, it wasn't, like, a great big thing or yeah. anything. So you know they were going to do more with those characters, but they'll unfortunately probably not get the chance now. Not anytime soon. I think they're going to bring the X-Men into the MCU, but we don't know whether they're going to have the same actors playing the same characters, or whether they're going to do, like, a hard reboot, or... Um, I mean, anybody... But Hugh Jackman doing Wolverine is going to make people go, ah! Well, they're going to have to fucking yeah, de deal with it. Because old. he's in his 50s now. And, like, that bulking up massively and then trying to go back to, like, a normal, healthy diet afterwards I is, mean, like, it was really hard on the body. It's it's not great for you. And he hit a point where he's like, I, I can't fucking do this anymore, you know? So, I mean, the original X-Men film... This is from 2000. 2000, yeah. I was like, was it 1999 yeah. or 2000? So, 22 years ago-ish. Well, he and Patrick Stewart both received Guinness World Records for playing their superhero characters longer than anybody else. Because they, play, because they played them consistently. From the year 2000 up until when Logan came out in, like, 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I I feel bad in advance for the next person they cast as... as um, is they cast as Hugh Jackman. Uh, <laughs> is they cast, that they cast as Logan because everyone is going to compare him oh, yeah. to Hugh Jackman. And, like, and the thing to remember is, is that a lot of, like, diehard comic fans didn't like Hugh Jackman when he was first cast because he's yeah. way too tall. Because in the comics, Wolverine he's a little is manlet. five four, hairy as fuck, and just a ball of rage. A ball of rage. Yeah, and not considered attractive. Yeah. Generally. And Hugh Jackman is like six foot something and um 
kind of on the handsome side. Yeah. So, you know, but, I mean, obviously he won people over with his portrayal, and I never had a problem with it, because yeah. I wasn't going to stop Halle me. Wasn't Halle Storm? Halle Berry was the storm. Is yeah. storm, okay. Yeah, in the original trilogy, and then she also is, when they do Days of Future Past with the young uh-huh. cast, the original cast is playing their adult versions. She's still playing older Storm. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I was trying to think of, like, who else in that film, aside from Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, would actually even people give a damn about? And that would probably be Halle Berry as well. Yeah, yeah. But I can't really think of any of the other actors because like i don't think cyclops was really like he's i'm the leader of the x-men but i don't think he got that heartthrob thing because wolverine was way popular yeah like i think they set cyclops up in in the comics and in the in the movies to be sort of the heel you know like you're more rooting like like cyclops is the (coughs) traditional good guy type and he's the one that quote gets the girl but Wolverine is supposed to be sort of the anti-hero, but everyone ends up sort of rooting for Wolverine. The actor who played Cyclops, so uh, James Marsden, um, the last thing I saw him in was uh, Westworld. Um, oh, he, yeah. He was a regular on, on all four seasons of Westworld. Um, so he's still out there acting and shit. And fuck, I saw him in something else just recently, too, and I cannot remember what it was. Like He's not like a huge household name, really, but he's still out there acting. Yeah, I mean, Westworld's a big fucking deal. He's getting a lot of money for that, that's for sure. Yeah, that just finished, by the way. That just wrapped up the, the last season of it. Oh, that was last season? Yeah, season four, I think. That was the last okay. last one that we were doing. Well, I'm, I'm, we're still working on Next Generation, because the last couple of months put that on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And so last night, we ended up watching the uh, Will Riker Transporter clone episode. Yes, yes. Um, classic. And... <laughs> Which is funny because you and I are watching Lower Decks together, uh-huh. and we, you know, that was the thing that happened at the end of season one with Boimler. Yeah. And, you know, Will, like, one <laughs> Boimler stays on the Titan with Will Riker, Riker Captain yeah. Riker of the Titan, and the other Boimler goes back to the Cerritos because he's like, ah, oh, this shit's too wild for me now. <laughs> um, I love my job! <laughs> I, I, I really have enjoyed lower decks and like so the good. fact that it's you know for someone like me who's watched a shitload of track do you get the references mm-hmm. yeah um and so like it's been good that even in this you know incredibly trying time in my life we can watch star trek yeah lower decks together well guys it's also ten thirty almost and i have to be up at 6 a.m tomorrow oh you're right yeah so you we're gonna wrap this up yeah. but this is some proof of life it's an hour episode and we had a good time i think yeah, yeah. i had fun i had fun alex jones uh, kicked him back in the closet he's out of here <laughs> um but you know we're we're here you know buy some books on furplanet.com we still have a patreon we haven't charged you shit for it because we haven't recorded or released anything that's fine <laughs> Um, patreon.com slash south podcast south podcast i mean you can hell you could email us if you want like south at gmail.com i don't think anybody's emailed us in a while we get spam lots of spam and you could join our podcast network yeah you could join our podcast network or emails from patreon ask it uh, hey you want more engagement or whatever yeah you need to post more and it's like sorry life got in the way yeah um or hey check out this new post from sam picos they posted art yeah (laughs) um i just as one like final note i went and did a 
I finally sat down and organized my basically furry porn folder, mm-hmm. and by sheer numbers, Sam Picos is the number one artist I have in my hard drive by like a wide margin. I'm not surprised. Well, because like yeah. we've, I've been a patron of theirs for several years now. Right. And I, like download all their sketches, download all their finished pieces, and have them all in a little folder labeled Sam Picos. Yep. And so it's also backed up to the cloud. So it's really funny. A lot of my OneDrive, <laughs> like your memories from this day, and it's a pic of Mick with her ass in the air. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good memory. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that piece. That was hot as hell. Oh, that's from 2018. God damn, that was a while ago. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, I'm not going to make any sort of commitment as to consistency, but hopefully shit's going to get back to normal. Knock on wood. And uh, Shiva is out of town next week, so oh, we'll right. have to do this probably here again. That's fine. Um, yeah, I need to confer with Cyril or something like too. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And on that note, good night. And bye, books. <laughs>